Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What? Today we've got Harry McKenzie on. He's the co-founder of Brave New Dow. Hi, Harry. <laughs> hey, mate. How you doing? You good? Yes, I'm good, mate. You? Yeah, all good. All good. Yeah, looking forward to, uh, to chatting, actually. We've been talking for a couple of months in the background. Um, it's good to finally have you on. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, sorry for rescheduling a few times, but uh, we're here. We made it. Yeah, it's good. All good. Um, Harry, do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do, mate? Yeah, so I mean, I guess my career has been a bit like it's gone through a few phases, but like right now, I kind of two months into a new business, my new business, and uh, it's a company called Brave New Dow. Um, there's a, a bit to unpack in Brave New Dow because um, Dow DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. It's basically a new blockchain-enabled company that. It's, it's basically we can dig into it a bit more deep uh, a bit more later but it's, it's a it's a really cool exciting way to structure new businesses so it's kind of first time doing that i mean these these things have only been around for like a handful of years uh but effectively what the what 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 the company does is it connects investors to climate tech deals um I, i'll unpack a bit later kind of like why mm. i started it but really um climate tech is a really really cool industry right now because uh, everyone's um, shit scared of net zero net zero is basically impossible with the technology we have today so pretty much everything we do in our lives was is going to have to get changed really to be more green but the issue is is that like the green solution is just way too expensive at the moment mm-hmm. um so um there's some really cool investment um entrepreneurs building stuff in this space and the rewards are high right so like if you reduce uh, the cost of these solutions everyone's going to switch basically overnight mm. to, to, to this stuff so it like uh it's really the opportunity of a generation you know the financial returns are incredibly high the kind of like moral ethical impact kind of returns are also incredibly high so it's the first time i've really seen that so that's why i've jumped in um and yeah the platform basically connects investors to those deals wow i mean it sounds incredible like you say we'll we'll unpack a bit later on about a bit more into it but i mean it sounds great i'm I'm massive on climate tech agritech all those things that are really helping us to to charge forward and and change the world so it's um yeah a really cool business um should we go back a bit and let's talk about what you did? I mean, have you gone to university before? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I kind of had a funny career. So like basically, basically, um, I didn't know what an entrepreneur was, um, until I was about 19, but I've kind of been doing it. So basically like stumbled across it when I, I guess the first thing I did was, um, when I was 16, you know, and I just, I really just wanted some money for the weekends, you know, like I just felt like my mates had more money than me. Um, so I just I wanted to find a way to take their money and put it in my pocket, but in a, in a way, in a, in a way that was like, um, legal and, and where they didn't feel like I was doing that. So basically set up this like clothing line, um, but ended up doing way better than I guess we'd expected. You know, we kind of stumbled across influencer marketing, like three years before influencers were even called influencers. So mm-hmm. we're quite lucky, lucky in that sense. And basically I was expecting to make like a couple hundred quid and end up making 10 K in the first day. Wow. So like, Holy shit. <laughs> like, and then there's the first time I like really seen money. So I was like, Oh my God, like this is awesome. So I kind of did that for a couple of years. Didn't even sell it. Cause I didn't even know you could sell a business, you know? Um, but like really loved it. I just kind of got bored with it. Um, and during that time, I was doing my exams and I, I actually did go to uni. So I, mm-hmm. I went to, to Bath, I did business because it's always kind of been something I'm, I'm interested in. But 
Um, I don't know. I reflect on my like uni times. I don't know how much I actually learned from from uni. Like it was cool being there. It was a cool experience and stuff. But in terms of like a business sense, I, 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 I couldn't tell you how much I learned. Like I spent most of my time um, running businesses on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the one thing it did gave, give me is a kind of like, taught me a broader idea of like are people do this for a living and like people sell businesses and people do this stuff you know like that but i don't know whether i would have got that anyway whether that's just like an age thing maturity thing mm-hmm. um but yeah so i did go to uni but yeah as i say i actually work pretty hard because i actually I, f- I find the stuff interesting like i find like this is what I, I like love to do so i definitely wasn't that kind of like stephen bartlett like absolute dropout guy that mm-hmm. didn't go to any lectures but I definitely wasn't my full focus for that way. So yeah, sure. did that, did loads of uh, different businesses. I, I basically um, thought I was quite good at marketing. So I was basically running a marketing agency. And then from that met loads of cool startups. And then mm-hmm. um, a few of the startups I really liked. So there's one called Jubel, um, uh, uh, which is probably the, the thing I spent most time on. Uh, but basically when I found a company I liked, and I, I think I thought that it, their marketing wasn't what it should be. I, I just jump in and just like help them build it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was awesome because I basically took like five or six companies from zero to one nice. um, from uni I then um, I kind of just found out what VC was mm-hmm. and it amazed me and it just seemed like this industry where like everyone was really rich and like traveling the world <laughs> and, and all this kind of stuff so I was like fuck I really want to learn how to do that so I basically found this guy called uh, Chris um, who I just massively respected and he ran uh, would dig more into like the different types of VCs, but he was basically, uh, there's some VCs that are institutional and some that are like family. He's like a, he's basically a guy that had set up multiple business up himself and now was investing his money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to learn from him, man. Like, cause like I didn't really grow up around entrepreneurs, so to speak. Sure. Uh, and I just like kind of amazed me. So I basically went to work for him for two years where we do kind of VC, but it'd kind of be operational as well. And yeah, and then that kind of brings me, so I was doing that for two years and then, yeah, kind of um, am where I am now, I guess. So it's fair to say it was kind of quite an entrepreneurial journey, really. Although, you you know, you did the VC thing, you started a lot of businesses, you've been involved in that kind of world. Have you got any kind of thoughts on what people should be doing to go down a similar path? It's quite hard, isn't it, to, to, to show a clear path because there probably isn't one to this kind of world. Yeah, but I also don't think, like, I don't think there's a clear path. Unless you're, like, a lawyer or a doctor, I don't really think there's a clear path in, in anything anymore, in a way, because everything's, like, changing so fast. So, like, the, the number one thing, um, which I guess is relatively cliche advice, is just, like, just do something, just start something, because the first thing you do, like, it's, like, very, very rare it's going to work. And, like, if you jump into something with that mindset, being like, right, I'm going to fail at four things before the five one is, like, moderately successful, mm. then, like, just quite a good mi- uh, mindset to have. And this is why I kind of reflect on, on, on my uni days of, like, yeah, I did learn some cool stuff about business and stuff, but I reckon I could have learned way more if I just went head deep into a business. Because, like, 99%, well, probably 100% of this stuff is on YouTube. So when you when you come up and you're against a problem and you're like, how do I deal with this problem? You search it and then you learn and then it's kind of like you really learn it forever. Whereas if you if you're in a classroom, like do you know what I mean, you don't really I couldn't agree more. Like, I think yeah. if if you learn something like uh for the last two years I've been consulting for SMEs, I've learned so 
much about business just by being in these separate businesses and looking at the problems and be like, right, how do we solve this? It has been fantastic because you you genuinely, like you say, you don't forget it because it's kind of ingrained in you. Yeah, and like if you're in a classroom, just going like, you know, you, you kind of do all these like memory things where you're like flashcards and whatever to learn it. And it just goes, I mean, you finish your exam, you go straight to the pub and you probably forget it the next day. <laughs> I'm so yeah education for me the education system is outdated like you say a lot of it is uh is memorization and you know going to university is great everything and I'm sure like you said you had a fantastic time but for me going straight to work or doing an apprenticeship would be more valuable these days I think personally yeah yeah for sure and I I guess I kind of forgot a kind of pretty critical part in the in in the in my background so also mm. we start, we started a charity called the digital nomad project which basically tries to solve this exact issue because i saw like um that in the in the early kind of phase of my career my ability to do like digital marketing and those kind of skills it just it brought me so much more than anything i got at uni so we set up a, a it's a charity it's a free e-learning course online that's aimed at underprivileged or underrepresented people. Basically, you just go on and we teach you how to become a digital nomad oh, in wow. the sense that you, because um, kind of three elements of the course. One, it's just like the, the first like chapter, I guess, is mindset. It's just like getting people out of, uh, um, I don't have the resources mindset to, mm-hmm. you know, the internet is, is pretty much all there. So as, as long as I'm resourceful enough, I can I can pretty much learn anything. Uh, so, and, and like a, like, like um time management all that kind of stuff the second one we teach people like an individual skill so facebook marketing tiktok marketing building a shopify store whatever and there's a few a few popping up now and the final one is then how do you then go and monetize that so the 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 the, like i guess the principle is i don't really think uni is that necessary anymore Mm. um yeah it's it's good like it's good like life lessons right if you if you um if you don't think you're mature enough for 80, that sounded patronizing, but like if, if you, if you kind of want that, I want to live away from home. I kind of want that kind of intersection into life. I think that's really, really useful for that, those life skills. But like if you, if you're looking to be an entrepreneur, or you're looking to actually do a specific business thing, um, you, like just go into uni with the understanding that you're not necessarily going to learn it from your course. And mm, um, you're more going for like the life, um, social, all that kind of stuff, which is, which is really valuable in, in its own right as well. Definitely. And what do you think about at the moment, you know, this, this culture that we've certainly grown up with is entrepreneurism is, you know, fantastic. It's the best thing you could ever do. You know, it's all very positive. Nobody ever fails. That's what you see on social media, at least. But I think it's important to tell people like it is really, really hard as well. You know, everything you see on social media, don't compare yourself to these people because they failed five, 10 times previously. Right. Yeah. And it's also just wrong. Like most people, don't end up doing well you know and like and you kind of got to be a certain type of individual it's not necessarily the most fun like I, I just be I just come back from holiday with my mates and they're like ah oh, like so awesome you're doing this stuff and I was like yeah lads but you're out four nights a week you know like I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not saying like I'm Gary V hustling you know like all night yeah stuff, but like there's a lot of stuff I've missed because um I chose this path you know it, it's I really don't think it is for everyone um, mm. and you shouldn't necessarily aspire to but i also think that people should be careful of big companies you know like we live in quite a blessed time now, at the moment where there's so many well-funded startups mm. so you can you can work in an early stage business and still get paid a really good salary and get some equity 
you know, you're not giving up that much salary to, to kind of go and work in these businesses. So it's like, like kind of an unprecedented time in history, I guess, because you kind of get all the benefits of being in a startup. You're not really sacrificing that much. It's way more fun. The mission's cooler. You, like you can, like the most wealthy people, I, I think like if you wanted to average out um, like probabilities on how to build the m- most wealth, it would be, just be joining a lot of really exciting startups and, and working for equity. Mm. I mean, I 100% agree with you. I think if you're a young person, you you kind of want to go down working for other people route, go to startups. Because if you go into a big commercial company, you become a little cog in a very big machine and you can't really have any of your own ideas. Okay, they will tell you, you can have, you know, oh yeah, well, you know, let's brainstorm these ideas. But in actual fact, if you go into a big corporate machine, they just want you to follow these processes and follow these rules. Whereas if you go to a startup, you're creating the processes, you're creating the rules, you know, you're breaking them, you're trying new things all the time. And that's where you'll learn. I just personally don't, if you want to really, you know, you're not that bothered and you you kind of just want to go and earn a salary and enjoy your life outside of work, then yeah, I think that's, that's fine. But for people that want a little bit more, I think startups are the way to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think you raised quite a good point there, mate, where there is just different types of people. And it's very important to try and understand what type of individual you are. Like my hunch is anyone that list, that's listening to this podcast is probably more aligned to like more startupy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sense. But like I've got loads of mates that have a, they work in a big corporate, you know, they go to work nine to six or whatever. Uh, there's structure, there's career progression. They know probably where their life's going to be in four to five years and they have great social lives and they're cool with that. Like they don't want the uncertainty of, of what I do or what I guess we do, so to speak, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think just like for people that are trying to work out what they want to do, like it's just like a real process of like self-reflection of you, what, like what type of, what type of individual are, individual are you? Um, what do you want out of life? Like, um, do you want to just do your Thursday, Friday, Saturday parties and you, that, you know, all this stuff like, yeah, so yeah. Can see, like that, that suits some people for sure. Um, just, I mean, I'm, I'm, my brain just does not work that way. No, I, I'm, I'm the same. And I think what really hit it home for me is, you know, after I left school, I went straight into the city, worked for a few different corporate companies. And so I think somebody said to me once, they were like, if you're looking at your manager and their manager and you don't want to do what they're doing and you can see exactly the, exactly the same path for you, where you're going to go and where you're going to end up and you don't like the look of it, get out now and do something else. And that really sort of hit home for me because I was like, oh, I don't like following rules. I don't really want to work for other people. I don't really want to do what these people are doing in the next 10, 20 years because I can see exactly what I'm going to be doing and I don't like that. So if you're, yeah, if you're that sure way inclined, that. you've got to get out and do something. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And it's funny, like the phrase, like I, I've used it in the past where like you don't want to work for other people. But I don't think that's necessarily it. It's just like mm. you don't want to work for another person that you don't want to work for. Does that make sense? You don't want to be forced yes. to work with someone that you don't want to work with. Like with my new business, I've got this, uh, I've, my partner in it, a guy called Frank, like way more accomplished than me, way more accomplished than me, kind of got him, got him on board for that reason. And like, I love working with him and, 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 and hearing how he operates. And I'm more than happily kind of take a bit of advice here and there from him. Like that's cool, but it's my choice. You know, like every now and then in, in the corporate world, you could just get landed with the worst manager or you can have the best manager and suddenly they move up and then you get the worst manager. So it's like that lack, lack of like flexibility and I guess freedom. Um, but yeah, man, you're completely right. You need to look up at um, 
where where the path is and also like we live in the most flexible time ever like yeah. ever um it's insane like the amount of flexibility we have these days so um yeah i guess i mean and it's not hard to find the inspiration really i don't know whether it's just my algorithms on the on social channels but like it seems like every other guy on tiktok's like telling you how to do you know, do you know what i mean like, yeah 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 so it's just like the information's there if you want it but it does take a lot of balls and i, think- I know a lot of people have responsibilities and stuff so it's, yes. it's not easy at all but it's yeah, very yeah. rewarding and if you do it for a couple of years doesn't work like fine like you, you'll get another job it's not an issue and you'll also be valued because you've yeah. gone on that journey you understand business processes i actually think you're more valuable to businesses if you've gone down that journey you can understand the issues they're having yeah legit legit and 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 even if it's just like traveling man like my mate just came back from eight months traveling she's got a job like within two weeks wow <laughs> you're not gonna like and it's not like she's like like massively high degree like you know there's a lot of jobs out there right now for sure like and so like if you're moving around if you're flexible that's cool like people don't really care anymore mm. let's let's go into the brave new DAO. let's talk yeah. about it you know the bit more of the mission behind it and what it actually is mate Cool. Yeah. So essentially Brave New Dow was started because I think I, like many other people of our generation, grew up, you know, like watching David Attenborough or like Nat Geo. We'd, we'd always see these like client, these um, like world documentaries and like uh, and like they'd always have this like undercurrent narrative, which is like climate change is ruining. So like, we've really grown up around climate change and I got quite, I guess, like I'd watch it. I watched like after watch like Blue Planet or something, I just get so angry and I'd be like, oh, I'm, a, I'm an eco warrior now. You know, like I care this, so much about the climate. And then you wake up the next day and you realize that there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you know, like th- this stuff is so macro that if you if you ch- like if you turn your lights off or you take the bus to work, like you just don't feel like you're making any kind of tangible difference. And mm. if I'm brutally honest, like I do think we should all be looking at our habits and stuff, but it's just not enough. You know, like we need real macro level change. And the issue I think that's caused of, you know, you get angry and then you realize you can't do anything about it is that people become very apathetic, you know, like um, they they kind of almost switch it off. You know, they, they, they put it out of their mind because um, it's just like those emotions don't really mix together. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I kind of started looking uh, more deep into it. It's like, right, if I can't change it doing what, what the news is telling me to do and what people are telling me to do i don't feel like i'm making enough of change what will make enough of a change mm-hmm. so i started digging a bit deeper into it and really um the issue is something called the green premium and the green premium is essentially um how much more it would cost to use a green alternative so how much more is it to use green electricity versus normal electricity or electric car versus normal car you know mm-hmm. um sustainable meat versus not sustainable meat because really money rules everything right sure so um everyone can everyone i feel like everyone well at least most people do does like they we do care about the climate but really like life is so stressful and um, at the end of the day, you're probably going to go for what's cheaper or better, you know, just because you've got to make um, life easy for the consumer, haven't you? You've got to make yeah, it the sure. easy choice because we like you say this, people have bills, people have expenses like they're going to go with market forces. And unless the market forces cheap green energy, they're not going to do it probably. Exactly. And that's like across the board. Right. Um, so so really it's the goal so how do you reduce that green premium so how do you make green products as good and as um, um, 
as uh, like the same price as like normal stuff because really that's the only time we're ever going to see change and uh, i mean the obvious solution to that is is technology you know i i really believe that technology is the only way out of this you know humans have um being creative enough to get ourselves out of every issue we've had before. So that's really what it's going to come down to now. So I was like, right, so I, as a consumer, I want to invest in those deals. I want to invest in the technologies that are creating uh, the change. So like whether it's like scaling a wind farm or investing in a completely new technology that is going to, uh, so like one of the businesses we're, we're talking to um, can create like synthetic palm oil and, and stuff like that. You know, these wow. are the businesses that are really going to um, move the needle. And I thought, fuck, wouldn't it be cool if I, as, as a consumer could watch David Attenborough get really pissed off and then actually put my money to work investing in these cool yes. deals. Uh, so that's really the, the the concept. So like at its very core, Brave New DAO is a platform that connects investors to these climate tech deals um, making a big impact in the world. So instead of me, so like I, I'm big into my investing. So I do the classic kind of like S&P index funds kind of stuff, sure. save every month. So instead of me then going, to the S&P and putting my money in there where I'm funding Google, Microsoft, Apple, like cool companies, right? But I just yeah. don't really care about them uh, because they've got enough money. Instead of me putting there, what if I could go and then invest in like a wind farm off the coast of Malaysia or uh, this palm oil company or just like, um, like carbon capture, like it's really cool stuff doing cool things for the world mm -hmm. and earn the same, if not more than normal investing. So that's really the idea because, yeah, as I said previously, like climate tech is huge. It's really big and it's really, it's getting really profitable as well. So it's not like, it's not like it, I feel like climate in the past has had this perception of it's almost like charity where it's almost like something we do for, yes. for the good. That's yeah. not the case anymore. You know, these, these, these are good profitable businesses and they just need more money to scale. We, I mean, uh, we should say yeah. it's, it's important as ever to do your own research. You know, it's not financial advice, but you know, something like that is, I love the idea personally. Yeah, I think yeah. it is really, really interesting. And are you yeah, focused man, on all, all, all the research will be on the platform? Like, sure. Yeah. And and are you focused on retail investors or sort of VC investors or what, what are you looking to attract? So really it's um, like with all this stuff, it starts big and then you slowly democratize, right? Sure. So, uh, we're doing our first deal soon which is like relatively private we just want to kind of like prove the concept and yeah make sure that all the tech works and stuff and then we'll go to big institutions and then i'll kind of like go down from there but really the goal is for everyone you know very cool um yeah i mean i'm I, i've been following this and you know i'm one of those people that has a billion business ideas every day i'm, I'm sure like yourself but you know listening to podcast with people in agritech i'm i'm massive on agritech at the moment you know i've yeah, never yeah. i live in the countryside and see right. you know the way the, the fields are used and how inefficient a lot of it is and the farmers are saying look we we can't afford to do this at this current time you know we we need change and then you listen to these people that work in agritech and you're like oh my god this is the future but then you always get back to the issue of like the energy is too expensive so if you look at vertical farming for example they can grow salads and that, that kind of produce, but anything more than that, anything bigger, the technology is just not there yet. Yeah. And a lot of it is also due to the cost of energy. So if we can get more clean, green energy, that's, you know, costs less, like, you know, things like nuclear fusion, things like, um, I think I sent you a link the other day to this thing called Quaze Energy, where they're basically going to drill down to like a ridiculous depth in the earth using lasers or something like that um and just give you continuous 
geothermal energy anywhere in the world and you listen to this stuff and you're like oh my god yes like how can i help do this because that will solve all these issues yeah for sure man i mean like my goal with all of this is uh, effectively to inspire a mass reallocation of human and financial capital into yeah. current tech because they're they're the two things that are going to solve the like the climate crisis i try and not call it a climate crisis. i feel like there's so much doom and gloom and negativity around the climate like it's actually it's actually a really optimistic time at the moment you know it's really really cool and valuable businesses in the space so if if it, like the big thing i'm trying to do is just inspire people to move in and pe- and to like redirect their money into to, to it as well because there's so much cool stuff to be done man and like uh, there's a there's a phrase I really love called like uh, it says I can't remember who said it to start off with but it's like necessity is the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. So like when when like when your back's against the wall, humans have a really good ability to create really cool stuff. Yes. And I just think that's what's what's going to happen here. You know, like our backs are very much against the wall, and people are coming from all around the world creating these amazing solutions, and they're going to be really valuable as well. Because as I said before, you know, basically every process and everything we do today is going to have to change, and within the next thirty years, you know. Yeah. So you can you can imagine like some of the money behind <laughs> that, you know. Um, yeah. Um, have you got any advice for anyone thinking about going down the road of entrepreneurship? Maybe your best piece of advice for them yeah partner partner you know mm. like always be the dumbest person in the room that's 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 quite cliche but i mean like pretty much everything i've done uh, apart from that very first thing has come from i've met someone and i've leveraged their knowledge or their network somehow uh in a win-win scenario do you know what i mean mm. so it's like people are 100 your biggest assets and the kind of reaction i get to that when i tell people is like oh yeah but i don't really have a network and it's just like but like you have to start somewhere like i didn't have a network when i started yeah. um most people most people don't so you you've got access to linkedin you've got a- access to instagram you know they're really cool people on this platform and generally when most people hit a certain level of success they're very keen to help because they feel like some like weird altruistic thing where they don't necessarily deserve their success so they want to kind of pass it on so people are so willing to help so just reach out and even if you send a hundred messages and one person replies like cool like that's great you know um that that is a really good roi in in the business and then so you you speak to that one individual and then you ask him for two for two uh contacts right and then you so now you've spoken to three people you ask them you you ask those two for two contacts and then you can just increase it exponentially so um yeah always ask anyone you speak to that is interesting for two more connections and just just keep going on that you know like people are always going to be your biggest assets yeah and yeah i guess just like learn stuff and be i guess be almost like be delusional in a way yes yeah, particularly when you're younger is that like this stuff is really hard so you kind of have to have <laughs> an element of delusion to think that you're going to beat anyone yeah um and the most delusional people are often the most successful. Like I was, I was think that would like, I don't know, to use an example, but like, I don't know if you've been following it, but it's like Jake Paul boxing stuff. Yes. Like he's insanely delusional to think he can be a world champion boxer being like YouTube, but like, he's actually like weirdly getting there now. It's like that, <laughs> he's that, crazy. That, that weird, like level of delusion and just commitment to like yourself. You know, those, those people are, are like, I've got endless respect for them and they always seem to win somehow. Yeah, oh, mate, it is it's madness. But you're you're hundred percent right. You have to be. If you sat down, right? If any business person sat down and actually looked at the business in super super 
detailed and realized how hard it was going to be nobody would ever start one so you actually have like you say be a little bit like a little bit mad a little bit you know head in the clouds you, you know don't don't go out half cocked know what you're doing but you've got to have the kind of like i'm just going to try and if it doesn't work yeah. it doesn't work yeah no 100 man couldn't agree more um well it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you harry thank you so much for taking the time and um i wish you the best of luck with your new business because it sounds awesome yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, everyone just we're on Twitter. We're about to launch a TikTok. We're about to do YouTube. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. I guess. And just remind us what the business is called, Harry. Brave New Dow. So Brave New D A O. Um, and yeah, uh, also like um, keep Dow's in front front of mind, just to all your listeners, because it's, it's a new type of organization that's transparent, uh, flexible, this kind of stuff, and they're about to get very, very big. So as a bit of an alpha. To any of your listeners, have a dig into DAOs. Okay, we'll do. Great advice. Thanks, mate. Cheers. All good, man. Cheers. <laughs>